the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. All hit radio. Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob Vicano. And welcome back to the Exxon. I am Rob O'Connell. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. To find out about the broadcast schedule on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And on the Exxon TV channel, go to simultv.com. And then on their main page in the search engine, type in Exxon, and there you are. Exo Nation, uh, there's no one listening to my voice tonight around the world who has not heard of the corona pandem- coronavirus pandemic that is going on. Here in Ontario, our premier uh, declared a state of emergency. In fact, he was very adamant about the, the, uh, the danger that the coronavirus is... Uh, capable of doing to the province of Ontario and to its citizens. The Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, has also given out the same information as well as the President of the United States. My guest this hour is Doug Rocky, a former major. We've had Doug on the show many of times in the past talking about depleted uranium. And uh, first of all, Doug, as always, I thank you for your service, my friend. Thank you very much, sir. And uh, Doug, tell our listeners who may not have had the opportunity of hearing you before a little bit about yourself. Well, I served in the U.S. Air Force during Vietnam, and I was a bomb nav hard hat and mechanic. I took and repaired and operated the bombing systems on a B-52. So I had uh, my share of bombing missions before I literally ever shaved. Killed a lot of communists and everything else and a few others. Went back in the Army as a combat medic in 1980 by request. In 1983, I got transferred to uh, the 5035th School for the U.S. Army to teach nuclear, biological, chemical warfare operations and emergency medicine. 
1986, I got transferred to the command staff of the general for the Midwest of the United States, which reached into Canada, and uh, took over NBC operations for the Midwest, which meant that in our command, uh, we were it for the Middle East and for Korea, working with what's called Yamasakura. Well, we did all this stuff and was working with law enforcement here at the University of Illinois. I was on a special response team. We call it the Bomb Squad Weapons of Mass Destruction because the University of Illinois was doing a lot of work with um, the Department of Defense with nasties. And people were bringing stuff back from war. And we found it and we had to clean it up. We cleaned up Project Shad stuff, which is deliberate use of chemical and biological munitions on North American citizens in the military. Then uh, we knew Desert Storm was coming and we knew that the U.S. Army had shipped a lot of biological and chemical weapons to Iraq for Iraq to use on the Iranians, on the Iraqi Kurds, and that's all in the U.S. Senate report called the Regal Commission Report. And we did a movie all about that called Thanks for Grateful Nation, starring Ted Danson, Mark Helgenberger. Well, Bernie Sanders was in it, myself, all of the rest of us were in that movie. Uh, and then Desert Storm came, and we were teaching and getting ready, everybody prepared because we absolutely knew Iraq had them because they were provided by the United States. And we had a nightmare. So biological weapons, chemical weapons, depleted uranium, the whole mess, everything was there. Radiological, isotopes, hazardous materials, just a environmental catastrophe. Well, when we did teaching all this stuff, I was part of Bowers Raiders. We were the third United States Army Medical Command Nuclear Biological Chemical Warfare Teaching and Emergency Response Team. In other words, we're the guys that went out and cleaned up the garbage and verified it was there, and we did verify it was all there, even to get the pictures of mm. the munitions with U.S. markings on them. Well, depleted uranium, I got the tasking directly by General Schwarzkopf to clean up the depleted uranium thing, and as you know, Rob, the, the VA and the military still claim our team was never there and then never did it and never got sick. Isn't it wonderful? It is, and uh, I have to, what, what is your take on the coronavirus? Because well, the coronavirus is no not new novel virus. Near as we can piece together for all the stuff we're picking up and everything we understand it, it's a Chinese biological weapon that got out of their Wantu lab, which is equivalent of our Fort Detrick. I mean, how got it out, we don't know. We have no idea. Sort of West Nile virus got out of our bio lab off the coast of New York mm -hmm. uh, called Plum Island. And our team here from the University of Illinois, a combined team of military and civilian law enforcement fire were tasked uh, we kind of, you guys clean up the uh, West Nile in, in the park there in New York, and we kind of told them to take a flying leap. And then we did all the teaching and everything. Uh, we had the responsibility to teach uh, counterterrorism, nuclear, biological, chemical operations to New York City police and, police and fire emergency services unit. Those were my guys that died in the Memorial Trade Center. And my best friend was one of the last men out of the building before it came down. Wow. And they're still sick and still dying from all that garbage there. And uh, then we continued to teach. We did the 1996 Atlanta Olympics. And that emergency response plan is still readily available, and it is the plan that should be applied 100% for the coronavirus thing. We've given it to the CDC. We've given it to public health here in Illinois. We've given it to most of the police departments in our region here. And uh, we're trying to get it out to everybody. It's totally available through Western Illinois University Archives Library. It's totally available at the University of Illinois in Urbana-Shame-Kane Archives at the Hortfield Lab. 
it's totally available at the University of Illinois Police Department and other law enforcement office places, and then obviously the uh, Rantoul Public Library here in Rantoul, Illinois. And All right. then with the VA. Mm-hmm. You're going, Doug. I'm sorry. So that plan's out there because we suspected and we had a plan around that, and the facility that we used and set up for that was a U.S. military debt meds. And I've talked to the U.S. senators today and everything in the last few days and other senior officers all the way up the chain, CDC, and said, you need to implement and send out the uh, MASH units, send out the um, debt meds facility and set it up because it is a, it's a major hospital set up for nuclear, biological, chemical warfare operations and medical care. And it can be from the time they're notified and they start to deploy, it's an operational hospital within six hours. All right, Doug. And if, we've done if, it in Desert Storm. We've done it all over the place. I personally was there and did it. All right. So if if the coronavirus is in fact a biological warfare agent that somehow got out of the the lab in Wuhan, why isn't it being addressed as such? Well, it. I mean, everybody's afraid to, and it doesn't really matter what it is. It's it's a it's a virus that got out, and it has to be handled as that. And so what we do know and talking with the CDC and talking with public health and everybody else, it's not much worse than the flu unless you have all kinds of other medical problems, and then it becomes a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, millions of Gulf War and veterans, Desert Storm, Iraqi Freedom, during Freedom, they're definitely very susceptible to this. Because, again, it comes up just like the flu. It comes up like pneumonia and everything. But the key thing, and this is when this first got out, and we started warning and putting the plans out that you have to have to do just like we had planned for Desert Storm, Iraqi Freedom, and during Freedom, the Olympics. You have to secure a perimeter. You have to isolate everybody, prevent total movement in and out, and then start treatment from the edge of the perimeter back in until it's eliminated. And you can't let people travel. You can't let people move and go all over the place. And the key thing is you have to full personal protective equipment, and complete decontamination. You can't wear these friggin' dust masks because the virus is sub-micron in size, and the dust masks are like a barn door, maybe way bigger than that, so it mm-hmm. just goes through. The whole concept of just washing your hands, well, that's good, but you got to wash your whole body. Because if you're sitting there and just think about that, you start spraying stuff or water, and the virus just comes in your respiratory tract, we know from the fact, from the design of how this is done, because we do it ourselves and we've used it and we've had it, not this coronavirus, but other ones, it's going to go one or two yards easily. And so it'll spray the whole body. And so the, the, anybody that comes in direct contact, which is the only way to get it, you have to be directly sprayed by somebody from it, respiratory, or where they've left it on the surface from spitting on it or touching it with their hands or their feet or their clothes or having it on them and sitting someplace. You have to have come direct immediate contact. Otherwise, you're not going to get it. It's not going to jump people. It's going to come all over. It's not going to show up automatically. And so you have that. And that was the idea for perimeter security and isolation, which they finally have listened to. You know, we've been all over the CDC. And All right, Doug, please stand by. You and I have to take our first break for this hour. Exonation, Doug Rocky is my special guest this hour. And we're talking about the coronavirus here on the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada.
And welcome back to the Exxon. Our guest this hour is uh, Dr. Doug Rocky, and uh, we're talking about the coronavirus and the coronavirus pandemic. And and Doug, if you were in charge of the situation in the United States, that let's say you you had the job that uh, Vice President Pence has right now, when it's you know overlooking and taking care of the pandemic, what would you do? What would your first what would your first move be? Well, the first thing is, as epidemiology, to find out who has been in the hot zone and how they got out and when they got out. Mm-hmm. And that's up where the people are sick. I mean, just just because the people are sick doesn't mean it's the area and the environment's, you know, bad. And you find out who those are, and then you totally isolate them. The other thing, too, I wouldn't allow all the travel. We've got open borders, we've got open flights and all this stuff. And when we got a poor heart, oh, they got to bring them back, and we bring all these people back, and they're sick. And the other thing you have to understand with these viruses and all this stuff, you can be a carrier, and you won't know it. You can be a carrier, and you might not even get sick, but you can transport it to the other people. So you have to set up a perimeter security, and which is they're finally doing and finally listening, because we were all over the CDC, and you got our you got our contact number, Rob. You got that in the email. Yeah. And um, so we gave those recommendations, so they are doing what's right. The other thing, too, and they're yelling and screaming about testing. Well, I don't care about testing. It's neat. But if I have individuals that are sick or been in a hot zone or been in contact, then you do what you care. And now the sad thing about this, there's no medications, no drugs or anything. So all you can do is maintain airway, circulation, and breathing, maintain hydration. That means lots of fluids and fruit juice. Absolutely no alcohol, absolutely no marijuana or any of these things everybody likes to use these days. And shouldn't be smoking either because, again, it irritates the lungs and makes the lungs susceptible. And then what you do is start from the other thing out and identify who they are and prevent them from moving, and you cut the chain. So starting to do that, and they're doing it right. The bad thing is when I'm seeing all over and we've made recommendations who they can't do it, is you got all these people that, that are coming down sick. You can't take them into a medical facility. You can't take them into an ER. You can't take them into a doctor's office. They have to be totally contaminated, and if they get in there, they're breathing, touching, pushing it all over. You have to decontaminate that whole facility, mm-hmm. and that's not an easy job. And with these medical personnel, they started wearing these paper suits and gowns and goggles, and, well, they're just getting all sprayed, and then they don't go through decontamination. If you come in contact when you're treating, testing, or looking for people that are contaminated, and they're spreading it on their clothes, their hair, their hands, or everything else, you have to be decontaminated. And that's not real difficult, because all it is is basically washing down. Now, they're finishing out these hand sanitizers and the alcohol. That's about as stupid as you can get. Because right. it doesn't break down the oil and everything. So what we recommend, and Matthew Weber and Rollo Doff, these are the true decon experts. They develop the decon procedures that are in the U.S. Army Fort Detrick Manual, Medical Management of Biological Casualties and Chemical Casualties. So you just use Dawn dish detergent and pine salt. It's that simple. But when you after you wash everything down with Dawn, that cuts the oil, the grease, and everything, and right. all breaks right. it down. And then you would disinfect with pine saw. Doug, are, are you suggesting that the pandemic, uh, the the fight against the coronavirus pandemic, should be taken away from the civilian authority and given to the military? Not at all. That's the reason why we went all over the nation and taught the Department of Justice and the Department of Defense and the Red Cross and everything 
120 city program. I literally and our team went all over the nation with others, and we taught them how to be prepared, what to do. We had an entire course here. We wrote in Illinois for the US, University of Illinois Police Department and, and obviously the state police and the mobile training units and used that. And we had all the training and everything we did leading up to the 1996 Atlanta Olympics, which was under a combined operation under the American Red Cross, the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs under Dr. Colonel Connie Boatwright, and uh, the U.S. Army out of uh, Fort McClellan, the Chemical Corps. Well, I was the chief advisor and the guy doing the teaching. But, Doug, Doug, my question is, if the military already has the knowledge and is well ahead of the civilian authorities, would it not make sense to cut through the chase and just put the military in charge? Absolutely, and that's what I recommended to U.S. Senator uh, Tammy Duckworth and her chief of staff, who was a retired colonel. Whether they'll do it or not, we're talking to representatives who made that recommendation because they have the debt meds facility, they have the decon capability, right. they have the decon procedures, they have everything in place, they have the hospitals, they have the everything yeah. that you possibly need. They have the resources. Because we had to have them because yeah. we knew that Iraq had chemical and biological munitions, or Afghanistan and all these other places got them because we shipped them to them. I, once again, I, I understand that, but I'm talking about the coronavirus. I'm Absolutely, not, yeah. and I'm talking about the coronavirus. So use the people that are trained, educated, and have the resources to stop it down. Do you think that Congress would actually go for the military getting involved in, in what they would consider a civilian project? Uh, that brings a lot of posse cumitatis, but I mm-hmm. saw on the Internet earlier that they were actually thinking about doing what we recommended and implementing putting the units up and bringing the dead meds. We could bring the dead meds up, and even with, if we had the training, what we taught, I mean, there's got to be still a lot, because we taught hundreds upon hundreds of doctors, nurses, and EMTs, and firemen these courses over a bunch of years. Right. And we can teach it again. We have a full eight-hour course that's ready to go instantaneously at the University of Illinois Police Department, who we wrote it for and taught it for in Champaign County Sheriff's Department, and we taught it all over the state of Illinois. So the people are out there, and they can learn fast. But it's real simple. You isolate, you secure, you identify, you treat, you prevent movement, and all along the way you decontaminate. Now, it's, if somebody is sick and they're down with it, you know, respiratory support and everything else is essential. But you have to remember, you have to wash your sheets, your pillows, your pillowcases, your blankets, your clothes, and everything, and clean your house continuously. Because until you come up with two or three clear samples where you're not, you know, putting the virus out anymore, you're going to recontaminate mm-hmm. everything and spread it like mad. And that's the reason for preventing everybody from going out. And then it's just kind of gone bonkers. Everybody is scared. They're out there buying all this stuff up. They're buying all these masks that are totally useless because they literally harbor disease and everything else. They're buying all these hand wipes that just cause mutations. They're buying the sprays when all you need to do is use dish soap and pine saw. You know, there ain't nothing real fancy about this stuff. You've got to kill bacteria and virus. You've got to cut the chain, and you've got to clean up the facility. The present uh, statistics of the amount of deaths that are being anticipated in the United States based on what is going on now is, is, is ridiculous. Look at all the people that have died in, in Italy, and then the, the death pits that they've uh, found using satellite photography over Iran. 
you know, but you have no, you have problems with water, you have problems with hygiene, you have problems with sanitation, mm-hmm. you have problems with medical care, you have all kinds of problems. So you don't have any of that stuff in place because they're, they're already in a nutcase. And so you're going to have that. And when you have everybody have respiratory problems for Iran and throughout the Middle East, because of the use of, during use of DU and all the other stuff, all these people are sick and susceptible all the time. I'm continuously working with the Red Cross and the Czech Republic, and our team has been working with them, trying to help them and get them medical care and training and supplies and everything. And the head of the Czech Red Czech Republic Red Cross calls all the time, and we're trying to set it up with the Vatican, you know, as we worked with the Vatican before. And uh, it's it's not a hard solution. It's a simple solution, but again, people don't take this time to stop and think, and wait, maybe I shouldn't go there. Maybe I should be prepared. Now, what if I get sick, and how am I going to come back? And then you got people that are angry, like on those ships. You can think about this. They got on the ship. They got trash they got sick they took them off they put the ship back in there in the service and the new group on the ship got sick hello you know they got over in china they handed out these death what i call the death masks because it doesn't stop anything sprays it all over and then you just dispose of it when you get the clothing the stuff and everything whatever you're using it has to be disposed of as biological waste military biological waste because as cdc is now acknowledging what we said a long time ago this lasts for days and hours and days on the surface, and it doesn't go away. And the, and the individual is going to be breathing this stuff for how long ever they have it. And we don't—I'm not sure. Nobody really knows how long mm-hmm. it can regenerate in the lungs and everything. But then we have to go back to reality. I had in one entire unit. I was the only medic for over 200 individuals, a U.S. military MP unit, that held a landmine with Bacillus globagii. I was the only medic for over 200, and I only had about four or five IVs. When everybody went down, we finally got it, and when I finally went down, they had to, my best friend, another member of our team, Sergeant First Class Rollo Dolph, who is a, an American hero. He is the expert on decon for the U.S. military. He wrote the guidance. He developed it with Matt Weber. He had to hand carry me in his arms to the ER at the MedCom headquarters, and they put IVs in both legs and both arms to get me stable. You're not going to see that so bad with this stuff, but you, when you problem you run into, you can't take contaminated casually into a hospital room. Doug, stand by. No we've got to, to control it. Doug, stand by. We've yeah. got to take our break for the news, and when we come back, more with Major Doug Rocky, right here in the Exome from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. The coronavirus pandemic is what we're talking about this hour. Don't go away.
Dr. Major Doug Rocky is my special guest this hour, Exxon Nation. And uh, Doug is a true hero. If you've never heard some of the shows we've had on before with Doug, visit our archives page and just listen to the wonderful things that this gentleman has done. And he continues to fight for his fellow comrades. Uh, all I can say, Doug, is I, I'm proud to call you a friend. Thank you, Rob. You know, it's so simple. This whole thing is so simple because once you find you have a virus or bacteria mm -hmm. or any exposure, you set up a perimeter, you isolate, you treat, and you eliminate. But you have to decontaminate all along the thing. One of the things we learned from Gulf War illness and Death Storm illness and all the other stuff and has materials all over this nation done by military and by the government, better living through chemistry, has done us in, that uh, people get scared, they don't have the information, they don't have the knowledge, mm -hmm. and then they panic. And then from there it turns up the thing. Right now here in Illinois, their governor and everybody's yelling, I have to be tested, I have to be tested. Well, did you come in contact? Where were you at? Do the epidemiology, because if you're sick and everything and you get in a long line to be tested and somebody's sick there, you're going to spread them. And the other thing, what I've got implemented in Illinois, do not go to the ER, do not go to the hospital, call them up and then get it done. And our local hospital here has now set up a tent, <laughs> thank God they listen to us, where they're triaging outside of the facility so they don't get anybody in there and contaminate and they send them home. And that's really all you can do. Now, if you get some support, you're going to run in a mess, and that's for the reason for the debt meds. They have all of the equipment necessary for respiratory support in a chemical, biological, radiological environment. Your hospital does not. What they call a quarantine or isolation room is just a single room with no control outside of that. And if your medical staff goes in to treat it casually, they have to be clean when they go in. They have to be decontaminated when they go out. And it's a mess, hence the reason for the reclamation of the debt meds and everything. Yeah, people might not like it, but the experts are there, the equipment is there, and it's, it's a new thing. But then the other thing, too, is real simple. People have to go along with it. They have to help us. Well, yeah, I got exposed. Well, I got to go here and I got to go there. Why? You don't need to go anyplace for a few days. But the thing that we've learned and what I'm going, I was in medical care for myself mm -hmm. literally yesterday at the Danville VA Medical Center. And slowly as I got to the doctors and the nurses and the police there, they found out, oh, man, the answers are all here. They're in our library. But as you know, Rob, and you read the email, we had a military library that wanted our team to shut up and go away and not tell people. Yeah. That's pretty frightening, Rob. You saw the email, I believe. Yeah, yes, I did. So, so why the secrecy? Why all the interference? Because of the incredible casualties in medical care from what we know from military operations and contamination of the environment from the military and industry and agriculture and food production and everything else. Better living through chemistry has turned into a nightmare. And now everybody has this expectation there's going to be a drug readily available, and there are none. They've totally misused decontamination things and everything in medications, so now we have all this stuff, especially with these hand sanitizers and all this mm -hmm. other junk, with little alcohol. Alcohol is not going to break down grease and oil where the stuff is combined onto the skin or the clothes. 
and then you got all these guys. I know around here, I don't know what's happened up there, but they've been charging $25, $30 for a single mask. It's totally useless after a few minutes. And if you come in contact with anybody, it has to be taken off, replaced by a yeah. new one, and disposed of as biological warfare waste. You can't take the tissues and things you spit into if you're sick and ill and put it in your trash can. So, Common so sense things. This is what our grandparents learned years ago on how to prevent disease because they didn't have medicine like they do today. So let me ask you, Doug, is all the isolation, is all the, the closing of, of all the establishments, in, in your opinion, is this a smart move? Is this necessary in order to contain this pandemic or this virus? Now it is probably because they blew it when we recommended and told them what to do to begin with. If you had contained it immediately mm-hmm. to begin with, it wouldn't got out. But they brought these cruise ships back. They brought these airplanes back. I don't know, there were 150 Chinese students that came from Wantoon Province alone back to the University of Illinois without anything. And when I had one of the students, I saw him in the grocery store. They were, I didn't see him as being sick, and they were wearing a, a spit mask. And I said, why are you wearing that? They said, well, to protect you. And then, like, then why are you out? And aren't you asking the question of why your government let this stuff out and then told you to wear a spit mask? And they didn't decontaminate you and provide proper support? And then even when we make the recommendations, because I know here in public health in Champaign, Illinois, we got with Julie Pride, and she's listening, and she's doing it, she's trying. Mm-hmm. But people don't want to pay any attention because they have their set life and everything else, and it is disruptive. But you have to break the chain of exposure. You have to break the chain what's out there. And once everybody started moving, it went exponential in growth. And a perfect example here was in Washington State where all these people got sick and everybody else got sick and they started dying. Well, they did no contamination control. They did no isolation. You saw them moving around with spit masks and paper stuff and moving them all over. And no wonder it went all over creation. That's what we learned, what we found in Desert Storm. That's what we learned and we found back in the 1970s and 80s when we did this for real. And the other thing, too, Mm -hmm. is we do not know, and this is what's happened with golf or illness, we do not know what the long-term illness and medical problems are. From what I got into and my team got into, and you have the obituaries and the death notices and the list of people that are dead from our team, they did all the care and they provided all the care, they did all the decontamination, and every one of us would do it again because we were, let's make it real simple, assigned by God where it wouldn't have happened. And you protect life. Mm-hmm. And I know here we trained so many people when we went on a 120 city program, and then they and from that they created the United States Army National Guard uh, CSC teams. These are Chemical Biological Response Force, and that came back from our plants, what was called Emergency De- Disaster Assistance Team, back from 1981 and 1982. That our same team created, designed, and taught. And then we have what we we did another one called the Combat Lifesaver Course that we designed and taught. You've got all that documentation. They hung medals all over us. And we taught a lot of people that, and they still need to teach it. But we're finding out right now the powers that be do not want the people to see the documentation, information, the simple procedures. Everybody can go online to the U.S. Army, Fort Detrick, 
and pull up the Medical Management of Biological Casualties. It's a blue book. You can pull up the same one, Medical Management of Chemical Casualties. And then in those books, and especially the 1996 version, you will find the complete decontamination station and procedures how to do it. When I've shown medical professionals here in our region, they go, wow, that's simple. And I, yeah, it is. Secure, isolate, decontaminate, treat, eliminate the transfer, and solve the problem. So how long do you think it would actually take to solve this problem if those procedures that you and your team have 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 you know come up with incorporated and proven in other theaters how long would it take to clear the present problem with the coronavirus here in the united states and canada following your protocols probably once you break the break the chain we're talking just a few weeks hmm. you know i mean it's going to be days because you know transmission and isolation and in development and we don't know what the incubation period is yeah and then if you don't do decontamination, it doesn't matter. And they're coming out, well, you know, use these alcohol wipes or everything. That's just so stupid. I mean, I'm, our whole team and our team is calling all the time, and we're so angry because the stuff is there and the experts are there. But you had a lot of talking heads that never went through any of these courses, never contacted the guys at Fort Detrick, never contacted the gang at the U.S. Army Chemical School, now in uh, Missouri, at Fort Lost in the Woods, and never contacted all our team that taught this. I mean, and you've got the documentation. When our team was formed at the University of Illinois back in 1977, we learned a lot and we did a lot. And I think you've seen the videos of our team in operation before, even. But, Doug, provide those. Listen, you and I have to take our final break for this hour. As always, Doug, great talking to you. When we come back, more with Dr. Major Doug Rocky here on the Exxon. And uh, if you'd like to get more information, we're going to find out how you can on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. The crowd and plays so loud, baby, it's the guitar man. Who's gonna steal the show? You know, baby, it's the guitar man. He can make you love, he can make you cry. He will bring you down and he'll get you high. Something keeps him going. My
Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Dr. Major Doug Rocky is our special guest this hour. As always, Doug, thank you so much for joining us. Always a great pleasure talking to you, my friend. And thank you and, and the other members of your team for what you guys do. It uh, means a lot to us. Welcome. All right, Doug, where can people get more information on the topics that you and I have been discussing all night? Well, the best places to go are to the website, U.S. Army Fort Detrick, Maryland, and pick up the book. It's called The Blue Book, The Medical Management of Biological Casualties. The second book is, again, at the same location. You just type in U.S. Army Fort Detrick. It's The Medical Management of Chemical Casualties. The last one is, again, a U.S. Army manual. That is Field Manual FM 8-285, the Medical Management of Chemical and Biological Casualties. Then all the civilian plants and everything are available at the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign archives at the Hort Field Lab on Florida Avenue in Champaign in Urbana, Illinois. They're also located at the Western Illinois University Leslie L. Malpass Library in Macomb, Illinois. They're also all available, and again, they've just, libraries just literally copied the Olympics plan in. They're trying to scan it in to get it on the internet at the Rantoul, Illinois Public Library. And then <clears throat> all of the stuff is also available at the Rantoul Police Department because the current chief's father was our team leader. Isn't that wonderful? And uh, God bless Champaign County Sheriff Joseph Brown. He's an angel. He saved my life and he took care of me while I was very ill in the hospital. And then uh, also located at the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign under Lieutenant Todd Short. So that's where the information is. And again, it's available at the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs because all the Olympics plans were under them. Uh, I know that, and I think it's disappeared, but it was at the Indiana VA Roundbush Medical Center because uh, Dr. Connie Boatwright was chief emergency services there, besides being our team leader and an Army colonel. And it, then you can always go on the Internet and look up Bowers Raiders. Is it possible that the government and the civilian authorities really don't want to pinpoint this as a, as a bio as a biological warfare agent and publicize it that much because that would then raise tensions between the United States and, and China even higher than they are today? What do you do? I mean, look what happened with Desert Storm. Look what mm -hmm. happened in Operation Iraqi Freedom. Look what's happened in Enduring Freedom. Look what's happened in Somalia. Look what's happened in Afghanistan. Look what's happened in the Balkans. What's happened in Vieques. What's happened in Hawaii. What's happening all over here. I mean, the chemical weapons, you have the video, and we can provide it again, too. When we cleaned up the part of it, only 40 out of 100 gallons of chemical weapons in Urbana, Illinois, on East Main, they just ignore it. They ignore the rest because they don't want to tell anybody. Better living through chemistry has created a nightmare. People have lost hygiene knowledge. They don't have medical knowledge. They don't have first aid knowledge. Everybody wants to rely on the Internet or technology or look for some magic drug, and it's real simple. Keep your body clean. Don't put your fingers in the mud. Mm -hmm. And if you get into it, wash it off and take care of it immediately and don't spread it to somebody else. You know, we can't have open borders and total travel where there's no control and nobody is screened for any medical problems. I mean, tuberculosis is, you know, drug-resistant tuberculosis is skyrocketing. 
and I hate malaria is still out there, cholera is still out there. I hate to say what are these other things are going to come back. Because I've seen my team members and my bosses, my leaders, all get sick and die after they did this stuff for real. And all of us are are sick. The whole team is sick. But God put us on a mission. We did the job. We tried to do it, and we continued to do it, and we tried to get the information out. But then as you've already experienced and you've seen the emails, people don't want people to know. The information that you and your team have, has it put you in further risk? Absolutely. My phone line keeps getting cut. The phone company keeps coming here and putting the line back together. Uh, I've been shot at. I've been run off the road. I've been denied medical care. I've been denied jobs. Uh, I've been ostracized, and I'm not the only one. It's a life we live because we made a decision to disregard the Los Alamos Memorandum to lie about all the health and environmental effects of military operations and materials and all of these weapon systems, chem, bio, and everything else. The genie got out of the bottle, and nobody wants to touch it. And then you have incredible contamination on all these military bases all over the place, and they're disregarding it, and they're ignoring it. And what happened to me, literally, at a Chanute Restoration Advisory Board meeting where I was an elected member, when I attempted to present this, if I was jumped by four police officers, by an EPA official, taken out of the room and thrown out of the building. So they would never have the, all this information that has now been placed all over the place mm-hmm. available to the people that need to know. Why would the, why, why did the police jump you? Well, they had set up a, a personal attack ahead of time, and they thought, you know, again, well, Doug's crazy and all this stuff. We don't know what he will do. And all I was going to do is uh, present the information necessary. So when I reached under the table to uh, bring the open bag with all the documents up, um, mm-hmm. the EPA just didn't want that done. When we look at the photograph, the EPA guy's the first guy on me. It seems that the EPA is a, a very strong agency, stronger than a lot of people think. Well, that and the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, because you look at all of the incredible radiological problems on the island of Hawaii, and we're mm-hmm. working with the Queen. They still have a Queen, and the Royal Hawaiians and everybody else for care. We can't get it cleaned up. They just disregard it. They just regard it. They disregard the own regulations that we've talked about before that I wrote, my team wrote, that they, you know, General Eric Shinseki approved. And then people can't get medical care, and then veterans die or commit suicide. You know, it's like to have your best friend, your co-host, your own, my own radio program commit suicide because he couldn't get care that I ordered him to get and that he requested directly. Has, with the information you know, Doug, has anybody tried to contact President Trump to see what he would do about it? We've tried to prevent, you know, give everything to him. Uh, Bernie Sanders has been unbelievably good. <coughs> Chris Shays was incredibly good. We had uh, Tim Johnson here from Illinois was good. Mm-hmm. We had Metcalf from Washington, D.C. was really good. And probably the best of all was Dennis Kucinich out of Ohio. You know, and all this stuff, we had um, Terry and everything else. They were from Canada, as you know. I think you yeah. interviewed them a long time ago. Yeah, I did. But, again, it's the same thing. Better living through chemistry has turned everything bad news. When you talk to police and fire and we've interviewed them, they go into a facility and there's all these products that burn with toxic compounds 
people put them in their house and they're breathing them all day long. And now we have a biological that gets out and everybody ignores the simplest things to do. Don't put your fingers in the mud. Don't pass the mud to your buddy. And if you're ill, stay home. Sounds pretty simple, Doug. And decontaminate. If you don't wash, you ain't going to do it, but it's not just your fingers. And, and I have to ask, why are they saying it's just the fingers? I don't know. Why? They're either stupid or they don't want people to know what they really need to do. Because how many people use proper hygiene? That's a problem in Europe and all over Europe and in, 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 in the Middle East. They don't have proper hygiene available. But could part of the problem be, Doug, that they really don't want the people to know what exactly is really happening? That what we're seeing is a smokescreen that is being flamed by the, by the media, turning this into, into hysteria? Is, is well, it possible? Dr. Andres Kornigibach, the leader of our team in Bowers Raiders, and you have all that documentation, is dead. And he got up at a CDC mem meeting and said, you have to understand, golf war illness and everything else and what we work with is Alzheimer's. The military got an extremely high dose in a short period of time, and everybody else got a very long dose. Mm -hmm. Then both of them the same. Alzheimer's and golf war illness or anything, they're identical. And Colonel Dr. Honest Query brought that up with the CDC experts. Um, and she, they just went literally bonkers. And the head of the Department of Defense who was there at the meeting, oh, boy, was he mad. And he's the same guy that claims our team doesn't exist and we didn't do it and limits the information from getting out. You know, but there are new people in those facilities now, in those positions, but they still do it. Doug, as usual, every time you're with us, time goes by so far. Once again, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Doug, always a great pleasure talking to you. Please, my very best to you and your team. And once again, my good friend, thank you for your wonderful service to your country and to the freedom that, thanks to you and the other members of the military in the United States, that we enjoy up here in Canada, along with the service of our Canadian Armed Forces. Thank you, Doug. You're welcome very much. God bless. God bless you too, my friend. Exonation, Doug Rocky. Dr. Major Doug Rocky has been my guest this hour. And uh, once again, if you'd like to find out more about Doug, all you need to do is go to our archives page, D-O-U-G-R-O-K-K-E. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Don't go away.